Hi, I'm Dr. Holly Peterson. I'm the director of medical breast services at Cleveland Clinic, and I run the High Risk Breast Center. Presenting on polygenic risk score for all ancestries at ASCO 2021. I'd like to provide a little bit of background about single nucleotide polymorphisms and the polygenic risk score just to help uh, people understand where we were and where we are headed. Uh, genes like BRCA1 and BRCA2, highly penetrant genes, can clearly explain cancers in families. And about five to 10% of breast cancers are explainable by highly penetrant genetic mutations. With the advent of next generation sequencing, with the ability to sequence multiple genes simultaneously at a lower cost, which was rolled out in the fall of 2013, we were able to add moderate risk genes such as CHECK2 or ATM which confer lower levels of risk, but are still felt to explain cancer within families to a large extent. And, and this is what's tested for with you know, genetic uh, testing at the moment are the highly penetrant genes and the moderately penetrant genes. But from genome-wide association studies that have largely been performed in women of European descent, a number of single nucleotide polymorphisms, or SNPs as they're called, have been identified over 300 in the breast cancer space, which individually confer very small levels of risk, but in aggregate may explain uh, a predisposition to cancer in a family. And so it's felt that the polygenic risk score, which is sort of the aggregate of these SNPs in a weighted way, can explain up to 18% 18, 18 of this missing heritability piece. There are so many families where breast cancer runs in the family and there's no identifiable gene, and this may help to explain some of that risk but it hasn't been clinically incorporated widely because of the concern over its derivation being exclusive to women of European descent. And so our study aimed to validate and calibrate this tool, the polygenic risk score in women of all ancestries. So, in looking at genomic data in, from women in the United States, it's really felt that your ancestral makeup can be explained by influence from three continents, Africa, Europe, and East Asia. And it's a bit of an oversimplification uh, to explain the methods of the study, but essentially a woman's ancestral makeup was not taken from her self-reported uh, uh, estimation, but actually from her genomic data. And so 
93 breast cancer specific SNPs, which have been well established over time, but largely in European populations, were combined with 56 ancestral SNPs that were specific to different ancestries and weighted in such a way that the polygenic risk score could be created by uh, combining those polygenic risk score percentages with a woman's ancestral makeup. Um, it, it's, it's quite a mouthful, but um, essentially it incorporates ancestral SNPs in a weighted way such that uh, the, the PRS that is that results is well calibrated and validated in non-European populations. What we had seen at the beginning was that if you apply the polygenic risk score that had previously been used, largely derived from European populations, it was accurate for European populations. Um, but in women who were not of European descent, uh, the risk was overestimated. The, the, it was not well calibrated for women of non-European descent. And the discrimination or the ability to tell a high-risk individual from a low-risk individual was limited in non-European populations. And the the new model, which was carefully uh, validated, developed and validated in a huge number of women, over 180,000 women were used in the developmental set and 89,000 in the validation set, um, made it possible to create a model that, that's reliable and applicable to, to women of all ancestries. And, you know, why did it take until now for this to happen? We, we needed to, to uh, have enough data in all of the different uh, ancestral groups to be able to uh, make an accurate model. Data was derived from over 30,000 Black women undergoing hereditary cancer testing. Uh, of course, there was a large database already in the white population, and this was combined with meta-analyses from published GWAS uh, studies. The Asian Breast Consortium was used for, uh, for determining the weighting of Asian SNPs. And so, you know, it wasn't until now that this sort of a model could really be adequately created. And it serves as a framework. It's a, it's a start in terms of, of a, a model that can responsibly be rolled out for women of all ancestries. And of course, it will be improved over time as more data becomes available, particularly in non-European women. And so clinically, it's, it's in its infancy for these reasons. There have been concerns that it's not valid in 
uh, non-white women, essentially. And what, what has been shown in this study is that it's well calibrated and validated for non-white women. And, and that's just really exciting. You know, to me, that's as exciting as, you know, multi-gene panel testing when that came out in 2013. Um, it's, you know, pe you know, what people are asking me is, you know, when will, when will we be able to use this? And uh, it, it needs to be used with caution. It needs to be interpreted in the right way. It needs to be explained in the right way and uh, used in the right settings. Um, and, and, you know, future directions are, are going to be to combine the polygenic risk score with risk models that incorporate traditional risk factors. You know, we, we currently use these mathematical models that estimate risk, but they're not personalized. They don't in incorporate personalized genomic data. And the addition of this very individualized genomic polygenic risk score is going to make a huge difference. And it's going to make a difference, I think, for all women. Um, it's going to make a difference for women with a family history, for women with atypical benign findings on biopsy who are trying to decide about preventive medication. It actually substratifies risk even within women who carry genetic mutations. Uh, say for CHECK2, which is a moderate risk gene, we, we tell women you have about a 30% lifetime risk of getting breast cancer. Well, when you apply the polygenic risk score to CHECK2, to a large group of women with CHECK2 mutations, your risk could be as low as 6% and as high as 70%. And women want to know these, uh, these things in order to help them make decisions uh, about their care, uh, clinical decisions about enhanced surveillance and risk-reducing medication in the case of CHECK2. Um, so it's, it's very exciting. Uh, prospectively, there are studies looking at uh, personalized uh, risk-based screening. Dr. Laura Esserman from UCSF is using the polygenic risk score to individualize choices for breast cancer screening. And Dr. Sandia Pruthi and Fergus Couch out of the Mayo Clinic are uh, running a study using a polygenic risk score to aid women in making decisions about preventive medication. And we're about to join that study as well. And so it really, I believe, is, is the next place where breast cancer genetics is headed and, and it's extremely exciting.